Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. I love how God works, and I, and I love, I've said this before because God does it all the time, but um, you know, to, to come here and many Sundays, the the prayer team will say, like, we were just praying about these things and reading that scripture, and, you know, it was just so amazing, and you spoke on that, or, like, today, where the worship team is leading us in worship, and, and they're singing these songs about fear, and overcoming fear, and, and who God is, and why we should not be afraid or anxious. And, and I'm like, God, you are just, you're just working, you know, you know, you're doing it, you're speaking. Um, because that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And it's just a, I say that just to say, it's just a simple reminder, you know, in these things. And, and like I said, it's happened many times. And if we listen and we look and we, we have our eyes open to it, we see those those things that God is doing in our lives when we ask and He does answer. Now, sometimes we don't want to see it or, or, or don't see it because He doesn't answer the way that we want Him to. But to see that He is moving and speaking and doing things in our lives all the time, I, I just, I don't know, I'm just amazed. This isn't actually my message. I'm just amazed to see Him do those things. In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And we're living in a, in a world where fear and anxiety is just running rampant, you know, and, and it's not just outside the walls of the church or outside of our homes, you know, and it, it, there's so much in our lives, so many different ways, and, and I, I hate to say that, but, but we all get in these places of being afraid in moments, and I want to speak into that. I want to share, you know, what the Bible says. And in this scripture, it's, it, you know, this isn't something that's like, you know, you're just like, oh God, take this fear away. That's kind of what it sounds like at first when you read this. Be anxious for nothing. It's like, oh yeah, just don't, just don't be anxious, you know. And, and I think sometimes when things are really going on, or even whatever, I mean, I don't know, but we get in these places, and you're like, you can't, you can't just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to decide not, not to, to be afraid, or, or to, to not be anxious in this moment. There's like a huge issue with anxiety, and the problem is, is we weren't meant or created to be inundated with news 
from the other side of the world and our state and our home and, you know, our country and all this stuff 10 times a second. I said, we aren't created to do that. You know, it's, you know, maybe a little before my time, I could say, it would take days, weeks, this is so little before my time, but to, to hear, to know what was going on around the world. You know, think about that. I mean, like, uh, let's just say, you're 120 years out of the existence of humanity on this earth that God created. In this past 120 years that things have, have moved in such a rate that now we know things. We don't, you know, have the peace and, and, and the time to, to relax and rest. And we're always just inundated and always have to go somewhere and do something else. And I'm like, what? I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes you're just like, can't that just, can't that just take a second, you know, to sit down and just relax and also not hear about what's happening? And, and look, it's just the, the world that we live in right now, but what I'm saying is we weren't created to be inundated with that stuff, and the problem is, is that we then tend to allow all that stuff that we're inundated to control who we are and to control how we're feeling and to control what we are thinking. And that's not what should be filling up our mind and our spirit. Right? What should be filling up our mind and our spirit? God, who He is. And you can already imagine that, like, you take those two things, and if you put one in there, there's going to be peace. And you put the other in there, all that stuff circling around your head, what do, you, what do we think that there is going to be in there? But the Scripture says, be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So it's three words here that it says... The first one being prayer. With prayer, make known to God what, is, what it is that you're asking. But it isn't just that easy. And it says with supplication. Anybody else, for the longest time, until I looked it up, not know what supplication means? I'm like, what is that? Is that like, you know, I don't even know what I thought it was. It was like, Supplication. The word, it means need, want. It means seeking and asking. So it, it takes, so in prayer, it's the asking God and, and making known, taking what is worrying us or, or clouding up the, our, our view of who He is and, and causing us to be anxious or fearful. Making that known to God, but, but not only that. See, because sometimes we can just like throw things up at God, you know, like flippantly. Hey, God, will you do this? 
But with prayer and supplication means with prayer, but not just prayer and asking and making this known to God, but, but this something inside that's like, I have this, this need for you, God, and, and for you to hear what I'm, what I'm asking you. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just throwing something up there. But God, I'm seeking you. I'm seeking your heart. I'm seeking your mind. I, I need that. Because what's going around in here is crazy, you know? Like, it's a mess. But God, I, I am drawn to and, and yearning for who you are and what you have to give me and, and what you have to fill my mind with. And then with thanksgiving. And also, you know, I guess it's just a human thing, but too many times we have this thought in, in our head that, that we're thankful for something after we get it. Right? Somebody gives you something as a kid, your parents are like, say thank you. You better be, be nice, you know, be respectful. Say thank you. Because you got something. But that, that's not really how this works with God. See, because with God, it's, it's that making known to Him is what the Scripture says. And that, that yearning, that, that desperate need for who He is and, and His help. God, I need you. And right now, as I'm asking, as I'm yearning for you, God, I'm thankful. I am thanking you. God, I, I, you are so good. Because he's already done it. He's already God. He, he's perfect. He, he, he knows what we need. See, it's, it's the problem is that it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that. But to be thankful and to worship him in that moment for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he's going to do. To be thankful. You know, our problem nowadays is, is like, I, I, if I could give a couple, like, analogies. Um, you know, when you, when you have a light come on in, in your car that's like an indicator, check engine light or, or whatever, which I have many times. Had some help from some people around here that have been super helpful getting those things fixed. Um, but when, when that light comes on, you know something's wrong. And the fix for it is it to go cut the wire that lets the light come onto your dash? Right? That's not the way that, that, that those things work. I mean, it will help you not see it, but that's not going to fix the problem. But, but nowadays, in so many different things, and <clears throat> I love doctors, nurses, those in the medical field that, that, that are, are helping us and helping God. 
and many times. But in many ways, there's so much nowadays. You see those commercials? Man, oh man, those commercials. They come on, and they're like, you need to take this medicine. It'll help your skin not itch, but it'll give you diarrhea. And not only that, it's not actually fixing the problem that's making your skin itch. It's just, not make, it's just cutting the wire to make it not itch anymore. <laughs> but, but my point is, is that it, it's, we have to understand that it's not just this asking God, hey, God, remove this fear. God, cut the, cut the wire that, that, is, that is making me feel this way so that I don't see it or hear it anymore. That's, that's not how it works. Because then there's still going to be something inside there, and you know, maybe, maybe you don't feel it anymore for a little while, but eventually, like the car, it's going to stop working all together, right? And the same with us. We can't imagine that, that we could just ask God, that, hey, just remove this thing that I'm feeling right now. Just take it away, cut the wire, and I'm just going to go on with life. Because there's something in there that needs to change that will help us to live life better and not just stop working and crash. Before we become less anxious, less fearful, we need to realize that we need help. We need his help. There's something wrong. I need a mechanic for my car. I need God for my mind. I need God for my body. I need God for my life. We need help. It's it's hard. I've said many different times that I, I like to, to think that I can do things on my own. I like, you know, I, I feel like I've been told this also, so I think it's a correct assessment, that I can like figure anything out. It really is a struggle though because like I don't like to ask people to help me fix stuff in my house. So then, you know, stuff stays broken for a while. But anyway, you, you know... <laughs> But I like to think that, that like, I can do that. I'm going to figure that out, and I'm going to, going to be able to accomplish it. But sometimes you have to realize that you're not going to be able to do it on your own, and you need somebody to help you. And it's a struggle whenever these things are, are ruling our lives, and, and when we're dealing with these things to to realize that we can't actually make it on our own, we can't figure it out, we can't read it away. We need somebody to help us, and that somebody is God. 
We need him. First Peter 5, verse 6 and 7, it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. It's a couple of things in this. In this it says, humble yourself. See, these cares, these worries, these anxieties, these fears, we do have to cast them on him. We do, as the other scripture said, is in prayer, in, in asking and telling him the need or what's going on in our lives, but with supplication, with, with this, this desperate need for it, and then also giving thanksgiving, right? Cast that to God. But before you do that, you have to humble yourself. What does that make? It makes me think there's, there's pride in fear. There's control in fear. And I mentioned a little bit, I think it was last week at the end, as the two kinds of fear. There's the fear of God, the, this reverence, respect, like, you know, a little bit like, but so, so much more. Like your earthly father having this as a young kid, you want to, you're, you're afraid to, to disappoint. I don't want to disappoint my dad. I, I don't want to go against what he's, you know, spoken or, or over me or, or talked to me about. That's kind of, kind of what that means, but in such a different way because it's God. But this other fear, this fear that sometimes rules us is, is pride and control. When we fear something, what it is really is the fear of not being able to control it. I don't know, have you guys seen that that way? If, if I can control, like, just imagine, you, think you have somebody, you're like, this person surfs 100-foot waves. I would be deathly afraid of that. Because I can't control a surfboard, much less the wave, or do anything about it. But that person that is able to do that is because they've done something over and over and over and built up that ability and they're able to control the surfboard to kind of manipulate the wave to take them where they want to. Now, that doesn't necessarily get rid of all the fear, but the point is, is that there's something different about me and them because they're able to control it. That, why am I, why, why would we be deathly afraid of going out there and trying to do that? Because we can't control it. If I could, I'd go out there and do it and I wouldn't be as afraid. When we take that to our lives, this fear, this anxiety, it really boils down to because I, I can't control it. 
The problem is, is we aren't supposed to control everything. I'm not supposed to be the driver in my life. So one thing is, is that we've got things out of order. Because I think I'm driving and God says, that's not how I created you. I want to be the driver. I want to tell you where to go. I want to tell you what I want you to do. And I want you to walk with me and do what I've asked you to do. We have to admit. Admit that we're fearful and anxious. Admit that we're Failing to trust. It's, a, it's about trust and faith in who God is. Are we able to admit that there's some aspect of our life that we're not trusting Him in? Also admitting that, that we need help. It's a hard one for a lot of us to admit, like I said, a lot of things in my house that have gone unfixed for a long time because I don't want to admit that I needed help. It's pride. But can we cast our cares on Him? In Numbers 13, it's this story of the Israelites, right? God had brought them out of slavery I'm going to read through this part of the story and, and just let's just take it in. It's this perfect example of fear and anxiety. In verse 26, it says, Now they departed and came back to Moses. He had sent them out, the spies out, to, to scope out the promised land. Go over there, see what's going on. And this is when they're coming back. It says, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of this land. Then they told them, told him, and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. It means there's an abundance of food. There's abundance to take care of God's people. There's more than enough. And this is its fruit. What is the fruit? A bunch, a cluster of grapes that wasn't this big like our grapes. But it was a cluster of grapes that two men had to carry on a pole in between them because one person couldn't carry it. It was that big. Truly, this land flows with milk and honey. It it flows with abundance of food that we can eat. Because this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. Do you know who the descendants of Anak are? Descendants of giants. That word Anak means actually long-necked. So I don't know if just their bodies were normal size and they had really long necks or if they were really giants, but it'd be funny to see. 
but they were giant. They were massive people. It says that the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. So there, there's this like picture, there's two sides of a coin, really. There's Joshua and Caleb were there along with, with these, these other guys. And everybody else came back terrified. They can't, listen, huh. they saw the promise of God. They saw that it was good. They knew that it was there. That everything God told them was there. The abundance of food and land and water and everything that they need, God had promised that and spoken it over them. But the problem was there were some obstacles too. There was other people there. Some of them very big. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. He's like, God said it. He's going to do it. Let's go. Let's run into the promised land. Something, oh. He just, he's like, God's with me. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours it, its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, uh, the descendants that came from Anak, the giant, from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Then, then you have this other group of guys that aren't like, let's go. God's on our side. We're trusting him. It's not about us. It's about him. doesn't matter what I look like or what I feel like or how strong I feel that I am. But I trust God because he is strong, he is able, and he has everything that I need, and he will get me through, and he is good. And then there's these other guys, and what do they say? I, I just, this is just amazing to me. They say, look, these guys are huge, there's all these people there, and, and we don't think we can overtake them, and we felt like grasshoppers in our own sight, So we were, and so we were. There's something about that. You know, I was talking to, to Pastor Matt uh, the other day, and we were talking about 
I don't know how we got on the leadership stuff. But I said this story that, that's always stuck with me. And it, it was from John Maxwell, and he was doing a conference. I'll try to make it short. And everybody was supposed to go over to like a luncheon after the meeting. And he got stuck maybe talking to somebody or something and wasn't able to go right away. And when he walked over, all these pastors and leaders, you know, mighty men of God, they're, you know, they're leading churches, they're leading ministries, doing whatever. I don't know who exactly they were, but I mean, there are lots of people there, grown-ups, right? He's like, why are they waiting outside? They haven't even gone in the doors. They're just standing outside the doors waiting. And he cuts through and walks his way through. And right in front of them, he sees his son. This like, I can't remember exactly, but like seven, eight years old. Standing at the door saying, it'll be just a few minutes. They're not ready yet. We can't go in. And all these guys are just standing there waiting. The point being, he's saying, he's like, doesn't matter actually how big you are. But how, how do you feel? Because no matter how big you are, if you feel like a grasshopper, you're going to be like a grasshopper in everybody else's sight. doesn't matter how small you are, but if you feel like a grizzly bear, you're going to be like a grizzly bear in everybody else's sight. Right? Am I wrong? I'm not wrong, unless I'm wrong, and I'm never wrong. <laughs> They're headed in the fire swamp. Okay. I had to do it. Okay. <clears throat> so they said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. They were afraid. They saw the abundance. They saw the blessing of God. They saw the promise of God. But then they also saw obstacles and were afraid. It, it flipped this switch, made the check engine light go on and say, there's a problem. We can't go anymore. We're not going to be able to get there. And really the problem wasn't the light that was flashing, the fear. The problem was that they lacked the trust in who God was. See? There's an underlying issue in there, in that fear of lacking that trust and that faith in who God is. Because I know I know God is big enough. You know, it's just, it's also hard sometimes to wrap our minds around that, that God's plan doesn't look like our plan sometimes. God's plan maybe takes longer than we think it's going to sometimes. But God's plan is always right and it's always good. His promises are always faithful. They never wither or fade. They're not going away. Romans 8, 
28 says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for the good. Maybe not exactly. I'm sure the Israelites were like, it's the land flowing with milk and honey, you know, like we're going to walk in there and there's just, you know, going to be bread on the table, but there's not going to be any people there. That's sometimes how we feel like things are going to happen. There's not going to be any obstacles. There's not going to be this struggle. You know, things don't grow without the struggle. I want to grow. I want to go through the pain. You know, I don't really want to talk about childbirth, but... When a baby, the struggle of, of going through birth does things in the child's body, pushes out the yucky stuff that's in their lungs. It, it, it squeezes and, and, and confines their body and their organs. It does things that help them, and, and that has to be done when. They don't come out that way. We don't, we don't grow. Muscles don't grow without pressure being put on them. There's so many different things I could tell you. That there's not, there's not growth, there, there's not healing in, in, in these things without the pressure being put so that the bad stuff gets away and the good stuff is there. Do we trust God in these moments that his plans and his purpose is perfect and trust that he is going to do it? In Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I think I'm just going to read 6, maybe, maybe 7. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. It's the one from the beginning. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Are we making these things made known to God? Are we trusting Him? Are we desiring? See, our desire for Him and what He has for us has to be more than the, the desire to control the things ourselves to fix it, to worry about it. Those Israelites, the, the worry that they had was because they weren't going to be able to do it. They couldn't control it. But Joshua and Caleb, the issue wasn't that they couldn't control it because they knew God was in control. They knew he could do it. Hmm. Let me just go down to Isaiah 26, 3. It says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you 
because he trusts you. And this scripture kind of wraps up what I've been speaking about. What I've been saying is all these scriptures are kind of taking us to this point. That there's fear and anxiety. There's trusting in ourselves and, and, you know, that we have to control things. And then there's God. And the scripture says, you will keep. First of all, it's not like I'm going to be in perfect peace because I put my mind on him. There's too much eyes in there. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace. He's the one that's going to keep me there. Whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. It's all about him. And I, I, I know this isn't easy, but, but if we fill our minds with who he is, if, if we fall down on our knees, our faces just like before him and cry out to him, and the desire that we have for, for who he is and what he wants for us, not to control it ourselves, but to allow him to come in and, and be the one that brings us right into the promised land. No matter what that thing looks like, I can see it. But I'm not going to feel like I'm a grasshopper in their sight. Because whenever I look out there, and I might see giants, I might see obstacles, I might see things that, that, that are going to be hard to overcome. But I'm also not just seeing myself, I'm seeing God. And what are those obstacles to God? What are those things that we could possibly fear when it comes to who He is and what He has, the strength that my God has? If we, tr if we trust Him, Say, God, you, you promise, you gave us this promise. You gave us this purpose. You gave us this plan. It's, it's you. So no matter what it looks like, I don't want to fear. I, I, I don't want to be anxious. I, I don't want to, to do this on my own. God, I know that you will get me through. The, the war against fear, winning the war against fear, is, is tethered to keeping our minds, our hearts, our souls focused on who God is. That's it. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that's easy. But what I'm saying is, let's try filling our minds with who He is and see what happens. 
let's turn the switch. Let's, how, how about let's cut the wire that's showing us all the mess that's making us anxious and reattach the wire that shows us who God is. Let Him be going around in that brain and see what happens. Let His love and His grace, His peace, His mercy, who, all the aspects of who He is, keeping our mind focused on Him, let that stuff ruminate in there a little bit and see what happens. Because He is faithful. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.